0: It is exactly 20 minutes after 8 o'clock on Metro FM Talk. Our apologies there. A couple of technical glitches behind the scenes, but uh, we're all back on track now. And we do have our guest, Dr. Neville Felix, uh, the Khoisan chief, with us on the line. Dr. Felix, thank you so much for your time this evening. Um, I was just saying in, in my introduction to you a little bit earlier on that, the struggles of the Khoi and the Sun people are not new. You've had various demands for quite a while, and yet you did march and found a need to march to the Constitutional Court yesterday to hand over a memorandum. For those who may not be of fair with the type of challenges that you face, as well as the demands that you want and the changes that you want to see made, could you give us an idea and the context of what it is that you are fighting for.
1: Uh, Thank you, ma'am. I'd like to, first of all, greet all the listeners and uh, yourself in the studio there, Tammy. And, uh, yeah, let me give you a bit of background. Um, Part of the challenge is that uh, South Africa has embarked on a very interesting journey under the democratic dispensation. Since the 27th of April, 1994, informed by the limitations of a negotiated settlement called CODESA 1 and 2, which was influenced by a referendum of the National Party for White People Only prior to the release of old and political formations and selective organizations with the primary objective to influence the engagements between these political parties and the then-ruling National Party on the basis of their external and internal British, European, and Dutch interests in gaining a structured consensus, hence all the sunset clauses and the challenges that we faced over the last 28 years. Uh, subject to this, we then discover that this structured consensus uh, which accommodated all the sunset clauses that protected white nationalist gains. Uh, accord, uh, and we found that the African National Congress then signed an accord with General Volun on behalf of the Africana people on the 23rd of April, 1994, just four days before the election, that secured the right to self-determination of the Africana people. Of which Orania, the town, the place, was born. Simultaneously to this, the derogative label of colored uh, was evoked um, in 1991 uh, from the direct descendants of the Koy and the San people, and then reinstated under the democratic regime in 1994, which creates a very interesting series of events and unanswered questions. So that basically is the foundation of the situation. Um, What we then discovered is that it's an interesting culmination of the above consensus was actually based on the same unstructured governance systems that continue as the successor in law principle of the previous regimes who took over without rectifying the impact of very serious social injustices meted out against the Aboriginal Indigenous peoples and their descendants over the last 370 years. These systemic government systems created inequality and generational trauma that is at the heartbeat of our underdevelopment experienced in the 21st century with no solutions in resolving the impact of colonialism apartheid and today neo-colonialism disguised as democracy in our country of origin
0: so let me ask oh. you let me ask you dr Felix um yes. one of the key issues that you've highlighted there is your call to be declassified from the term colored That's How- correct. What is it, I mean, if there has to be a classification, how would you like to be classified? Where would you like to be classified?
1: Uh, Ma'am, if one goes uh, straight to the historical diaries of Antonio Johannes van Riebeek, uh, a lot of people don't know the real history of this country, and the history was uh, twisted. But if you go to Johannes Antonio van Riebeek's diary, who was born in Brazil, by the way, a lot of people don't know that, uh, in his diaries, he asked the people, the indigenous people here in, in the South, he asked them, who are you? And they replied and said, we are Songkwais, which means oh. supreme. supreme beings. So he's got a problem now that he has to call somebody that he sees as a savage, a supreme being. Um, and he never understood the reality of that classification. Um, and because of the linguistic challenges, they obviously uh, chose to adopt other uh, approaches in calling us Hoshi's uh, Manner like Bushman, or Hottentotten, or whatnot, and so forth and so on. And that was part of the challenges that we had. I hope that answers it, your.
0: It it, it yeah. does, it does. But yeah. for now, I mean, if we look at, uh, you know, the the classification in South Africa, you are either white, uh, you are black, you are coloured, uh, or you are Indian, right?
1: Right or Asian.
0: Or Asian, and and where where do you see yourself fitting in?
1: Well, look, ma'am, these are apartheid and colonial. Uh, categorization that has just been carried over by a so-called democratic dispensation, and that's where the problem is, because we believe that uh, in the in the founding preamble of the Constitution Act One Hundred Eight of nineteen ninety-six, it says there we the people of South Africa want to do away with the social injustices of, of the past, and what we've then discovered is that this very constitution that's being celebrated all over the world has got very, very serious limitations because it's an orchestrated consensus um, that specifically succumbed to the dictates of protecting white nationalist interests, both inside South Africa and outside of South Africa, because they um, are busy trading with our natural resources, so they didn't want to disturb that. So what we have is then a de facto quasi-government, which is actually a management system, to continue as if nothing has happened. It's like window dressing, really, if, to find a more appropriate name. But we don't have real power. And that's where the problem is. We don't have economic power. We only have political power and a lot of rhetoric. You There's haven't answered. You haven't
0: answered my question, though, Doctor Felix. I, okay. mean, I think you've given an you know an exposition on the historical um, inaccuracies that have led us to the point where we are. But we are. Okay. Where, but we are where we are. And classifications do exist, and sometimes for um, you know for purposes of administration and uh, quotas or whatever the case may be. Where do
1: you yes, want ma'am. to fall in? I, I believe we should be South Africans, all of us because we are still uh, based on ethnic uh, uh, persuasions here in the country. And uh, some people, to other people is Zulu, other people is Xhosa. But we've been together in this melting pot of cultures for the last 370 years uh, with the same type of history, facing the same type of exploitation and uh, issues. That is uh, common to all of us. I, I
0: do, Over I the, do hear your point, yeah. Doctor Felix, um, and I understand the reasoning and where you come from. But I also cannot help but wonder whether that stance is counterintuitive. In the sense that what you are wanting is redress for the Khoisan people. Um, what you're yeah. wanting, for for the uh, for example, is is land, which is what we'll talk about in a, a bit later on. But how do you redress when you do not um, acknowledge the innate inequalities? Um, that the system that we've inherited and the system that we come from have created, um, the shackles are there, the chains are there, and in order That's to correct. break those chains and in order to break those shackles, you first of all need to acknowledge them, and you need to know what it is that they've been built on, and um, that you are able to then sh- to to break free from them. So, in order for there to be a, 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 a declassification, there has to be a reclassification.
1: That's correct. You hundred percent correct. Um, we We believe that uh, we are one nation people, not just as the koi and the sand, uh, because we're the foundation people of this nation. Now the categorization on the basis of ethnicity ethnicity has kept us apart from each other, though there has been elements of assimilation throughout these various epochs of history um, where our people have actually influenced. I mean, if you look at the Kosa language, it resonates with four clicks. If you look at the Zulu language, it resonates with Khoi and San, three clicks. Uh, so it's there. It's built into the vernacular of our uh, indigenous uh, tribal conurbations that we have here in South Africa.
0: All right, you haven't answered my question, but I'll leave it at that because, you know, you're clearly not going to. Uh, but let's talk about the issues of, of lands, um, Of Dr. Felix. You're also wanting uh, restitution of land. Uh, which land specifically?
1: Well, basically, ma'am, before we had the advent, um, based on the Papal Bull of Discovery uh, from the Vatican, Um, through the two companies uh, that was raised in the 1600s, the VOC, the Dutch East India Company, and of course, the uh, West East India Company, two sister companies, Um, you find that uh, when they got here, they found our people here on this land. And then they came with a maritime law concept called Terranulis.
0: And and, and, and just, just for, sorry, Dr. Yeah. Felix, just for clarity, when you say they found our people on the land, uh, which are the people that you are making reference to?
1: African people, ma'am. African Indigenous people. Indigenous African people, the koi and the sad, are African people.
0: Of dark skin. Yes, ma'am. All right.
1: Right. Yes, ma'am. Exactly.
0: All right. Please continue. I just wanted to make sure that we are on the same page, sir.
1: No, 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 we're on the same page. We're not busy trying to facilitate what one can classify a brown resurgence. What we are busy dealing with here is that we need to rectify the social injustices of the past and to put in place a a systemic approach to change the things that we cannot change. And that's where the problem is. What has happened 24th of April 1994, though we speak about democracy, we're still based on the English system of governance where you have the the um, the, the 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 Parliament legislation itself is based on the two houses the House of Lords and the House of Commons, which is the mCOP that we have in South Africa today so we're still based on the English system of uh, governance hmm.
0: And the land that you're talking about uh, specifically, are there any specific pockets of land um, that you believe should be reinstated to the Khoisan?
1: Uh, Ma'am, there is different categories of of, of land. First of all, there's all the sandparks that has a specific uh, renaissance with our people because within the sandparks, uh, you find that there grows about 370 indigenous Species of plants and fauna that you only find here in South Africa and nowhere else in the world. Uh, herbs and stuff that our people have used as part of medicinal practices for centuries. Uh, that's the one area that I feel that we should look into. And I'm not saying that we should degrade the place. Uh, but um, the issue is to look at that as one area of categorization. The other is the lands that were where we were forced off, where we had uh, sacred places, and also where was part of our habitat. Remember, the Kway and the Sand people um, had a different style of of, uh, living during those periods. They were more nomadic of nature, because they would move on the basis of where the natural resources is, uh, like water for example. There wasn't red water in the country. There was dams and lakes and natural rivers and so forth. So that became a commodity. The other commodity was the issue of of heat, fire. So that means we would also have to be close to where there is wood, which would normally be forestry areas where you find uh, the water resources. And, of course, the third one would be to live in harmony with the earth so that we don't pollute uh, the water that we drink or the earth. Uh, the air that we breathe, and so forth and so on, based on our cultural uh, practices. So we're saying that South Africa belongs to the Khoi and the San people, and we recognize there's a history that had happened over 370 years, and we want to talk to everybody, both black, pink, purple, blue, chocolate, and khaki, to set this process correct, so that we can heal as a nation people into proper hegemonic social coercion so that we can move forward as a country all of us as a collective
0: dr neville felix um i thank you so much for your time today and highlighting um the reasons why you marched to the concourt yesterday uh, who collected the memorandum or who received it
1: um it was received by the chief justice's office on on his behalf and uh the issue is that what he actually received, and maybe it's important that I just uh, share a minute on 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 what's um, what's actually a charter. It's a charter of rights. Yesterday was International Indigenous Day, the ninth of August, all over the world. It's International Indigenous Day, and uh, we then celebrated this day by handing over um, the charter. And the charter captures the 46 articles of UNDRIP, which is a process that South Africa signed through Thabo Mbeki in 2007 as 144 countries that supported this process globally. Then after that, in 2016 September, on the DTA, the Department of Trade and uh, Traditional Affairs, uh, they then state on the process that they adopted UNDRIP into South African law because it's in compliance with the Constitution, but they forgot to tell everybody else. So that's the problem that we're sitting with. So that's why we took the Charter to the Chief Justice under Section 167 of the Constitution to ask him to validate the Charter so, that he, as the independent leg, the independent leg that underpins democracy is the three pillars. The one is the executive, which is the presidency. The second one is the legislature, which is parliament and all the provincial legislations and councils and local government and so forth, all in that categorization. And the third leg is the independent judiciary, of which the Chief Justice Office is the highest. Um, and the Constitutional Court is the highest in the country. And their primary responsibility is to deepen democracy, and there is a precedent that was set in 2004. On the 1st of December, they they facilitated a victim's charter against, against crime with seven principles that they had adopted, and that charter itself um, speaks to the very charter of UNDRIP as well, And it speaks to the fact that there is serious limitations in the Constitution. Uh, Chapter 2, the Bill of Rights, for example, they say everybody is equal before the law in Chapter 2, Section 9. But in Chapter 2, Section 35, they speak about just uh, just administrative practices and also the limitations of implementation. So when it comes to the land issue, they only go back as far as 2013 to the Native Land Act. And when it comes to the political dichotomy that went wrong in this country, they only go back to 1960. Now, for me, that isn't correct because we saw that um, in 1795, Prince Willem of Orange sold off the whole of South Africa because of the wars that was uh, being processed in Europe uh, against the the, the French, uh, Armada, under Napoleon, he then went to Britain and and, and asked them to protect uh, um, the Netherlands or Holland against the onslaught of the French. And he sold off South Africa lock, stock and barrel for six million pounds or, or, or guilders. And the same thing happened after the so-called Anglo-Boer War, where they again paid reparation to the Afrikaner nation only uh, of three million pounds. And this was the money that they used to rebuild the country, set up Volkskast Bank, Old Mutual the Reserve Bank, and all of that was dealt with with that money. But we see that during this war, we had black concentration camps for women, and and many of our people all across South Africa was part of that process, but we are written out of the history as if we are all invisible. Mm. So that's the problem that we have. We're saying there is. Uh, a precedence on the, on the reparations and stuff like that. We obviously realize you won't be able to get back everything that was lost. But we're saying, can we come to some sort of agreement? Because politically, they can't resolve the problem and they never will, even if they're going to be here for the next hundred years. We're There's going no to, way
0: unfortunately, Dr. Neville, Dr. What? Felix, we unfortunately have to leave it at that uh, for this evening time, not on our side um, but thank okay. you for, for a very comprehensive uh, outline of uh, what it is that you are calling for, uh, and I guess you're calling for a process with integrity um, that yes, backs ma'am. that that dates back to uh, not just you know 1913, um, but that really, really dates back to the indigenous peoples of this land. Thank you so much for your time, sir.
1: You're very welcome, ma'am, and uh, good night to all the listeners. Thank have, you for have a good understanding. Evening.
0: Thank you, sir. That's Dr. Neville Felix there. He is the Khoisan chief. He takes us to exactly 8.41 on Metro FM Talk. When we return, we'll enter our tech conversations with Dr. Amanda Scapel.